In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host, Jack. No, I'm not actually. I'm joking. I'm here with Jack McCurry. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, Paul. Thanks once again for having me on the pod, man. This is the third time, so it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Excellent, mate. And I've got to make this podcast visual because I'm looking at you and you've got your vest top on, but you've got some <laughs> serious tan lines there, mate. Yeah, I got my farmer's tan. I was on vacation all last week, so uh, uh, it was really hot in Ohio, so uh, it burned and now it's a nice tan. So Excellent, mate. So, uh, yeah, we need to get you in a sunbed to even out them... Uh, them trucker arms, you call them, or farmer arms? <laughs> yeah, they call it a farmer's stand back here in the States. So, uh, yeah, I need, to, I need to even it out, but uh, it's not as hot in Ohio this week. So, Excellent. So, some uh, Cleveland uh, Browns news is that um, Odell Beckham was in Strongville, if I said that right. Is it Strongville? Um, doing his camp. Yeah, uh, Strongsville. It's, uh, I think, just west of downtown Cleveland. And it was a camp with kids and high school athletes. And, you know, you see a lot of athletes do this. So they're saying about 650 people attended. So it was a big turnout for Odell. Excellent. And, um, yeah, just south of Breer, if I'm correct. Yeah, that's correct. I've never really said it or talked about it before, but uh, does every single pro – American football player do this out of kind of they have to do it or goodwill or it seems that everyone does it. Yeah, I would say a lot of athletes do. I know in the town that I live in, uh, Barberton, which is about an hour south of Cleveland, um, we had a a kid get drafted by the Atlanta Falcons and he had a, a football camp in Barberton. So a lot of athletes do that. They want to give back to the community. Um, I wouldn't say everyone does it, but uh, I would say a good majority of the NFL players uh, do these kind of football camps to give back to their, their town and uh, you know, who helped mold them into the players that they've become. Uh, and Duke Johnson's uh, agent met with Dorsey. What's your views on that? It's not surprising. Um, you know, Drew Rosenhaus is one of the top agents in football and, you know, he, and he makes his rounds just before camp to, you know, either negotiate contracts or, you know, reiterate to teams that, you know, his player would like to be traded. Obviously Duke would. And the Browns reiterated that, you know, Duke Johnson's in their plans as of now, of course, things can change. So I don't think there's anything new there. I'd expect Duke to be in camp, uh, report there tomorrow, and then be on the field Thursday. Yeah. All the players due in uh, on uh, Wednesday, yeah? Yeah, I think the rookies report today on Tuesday, and then I think everybody else reports tomorrow, and then, you know, business starts picking up Thursday on the field. Mm. Did you see the brown sign center, Low Falamaka? Yeah, they, uh, they signed him. The, the roster is now full at 90. I think he was one of the several players that they brought in for a workout on Monday. I know 
uh, Orleans Darquois, a running back, and then they uh, brought in a couple other linemen. You know, we talked about this on my podcast that you can't ever have enough depth on the offensive line. So, you know, bring him in, see what he can do. And then, you know, if it doesn't work out, they'll bring in another guy. Maybe he'll make it through the preseason and we'll see how that goes. Um, they need some depth behind Treader for sure. So be interesting to see how he performs. Yeah, it's a fair point. If we're going to talk depth, I think there's some positions that I'm a little bit concerned of, and that would be defensive uh, tackle. And I'd also be concerned about center depth. People may argue, well, Corbett can do it. Um, is it Chris can do it as well? Is that uh, Cali Chris? Is it? I've forgotten his name. It's about Kyle Kalis. That's it, Carl Kalis. That's it, yeah, yeah. He can also do it. But, yeah, it doesn't feel like we've got a lot of depth there at centre. If Tretter was an absolute warrior last year. So, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned uh, with the depth there at centre. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Tretter is going to hold it down. Obviously, he played the majority of the second half last year on a high ankle sprain, and he gutted it out. But, like you said, the depth there is definitely in question. Obviously, Corbett and Kalis are going to compete at right guard. Um, but either one of them could step in and play center. They obviously signed Winsman and Eric Cush in free agency as depth at the guard position. So, you know, they need depth on that offensive line because obviously the tackles are in question, but the interior, if an injury happens, either to Petonio, Treader, or Corbett, you got to have depth because the most important thing is to keep Baker Mayfield upright and healthy through all 16 games this year. Sorry, who do you think Corbett's biggest competition is for right guard this year? Uh, I would say it's Kyle Kalis. Um, you know, by all accounts, he was the guy that got first team reps during OTAs uh, outside of Corbett. You also got to look at Brian Witzman. So I look at that right now as a three dog race at the right guard position. So uh, I think that's a wide open competition and it's not going to be settled within the first few days of camp. I could see this going all the way through at least the third preseason game. Um, you know, I think they're going to push Corbett big time. Obviously, that's Dorsey's guy, a second-round pick last year. Um, but I think they're going to push him very hard to make him earn that spot and to make sure he is the man at the right guard position. Because if you look at it, uh, Corbett, Weissman, Kush, or Forbes could all be fought, fighting for that right guard. Yeah, definitely. Drew Forbes is a, another guy to watch, obviously. Six-round pick. He, he played tackle in college, and – um, they're going to transition him to a guard. Maybe he could be the backup center as well behind Treader. So uh, it, it's a wide open competition. Like I said, I think, you know, Corbett right now is the lead guy, but it would not shock me if Kalis or Witzman or by, I think it would be a shocker if Forbes got it, but I think he's definitely going to have a shot in this competition as well. Yeah. What other battles are you looking forward to in the uh, training camp? The number two corner position between uh, Terrence Mitchell and Greedy Williams. I think Greedy's got the leg up on that right now, but I would definitely expect Mitchell to, uh, you know, give it all he's got in camp for that spot. Uh, the safety position, strong safety between Morgan Burnett and Jermaine Whitehead. Uh, Whitehead was one of the big names being talked about during OTA. So um, due to the fact that Burnett was sidelined with an injury, but – you know, I would say that's Burnett's job right now. And then, obviously, the kicking competition, I think, is going to be fun. Not only at the kicker spot, but the punter position. You know, you look at the kicker spot, you got Austin Siebert, who was our fifth-round pick. And, you know, Greg Joseph, who was in uh, the long-place kicker last year. 
and then obviously a punter between Britton Colquitt and uh, your buddy, Jamie Gillian. So um, I'm looking forward to all those competitions. Uh, you know, obviously everybody's going to be focused on the offense and all the uh, attention that's bringing, but there is some positions to watch during camp and it'll be fun. What do you reckon about in the nickel, um, Carey versus uh, Eric Morrow? Um, you know, that's not really being talked about. I would expect Carey to be the nickel corner. Obviously, Murray, you know, we brought him over in the Agba trade, and he's kind of going to be one of those guys that comes under the radar, and he might make some noise for sure, but I would say right now that it's going to be TJ Carey until otherwise. And then the other battle that I talked with uh, Jack Duffin about was looking at uh, defensive ends. Obviously, Garrett, Vernon, potentially going to be starting most reps. And then you got Avery, Thomas, um, Zettel, Smith. Yeah, just like uh, Ray Watt, if I said that correct. I think he may have any other chance as well. So, yeah, there's lots of different options there. Yeah, I mean, everybody's focused on Miles and Olivier Vernon. And, you know, with good reason, those guys are two of the best pass rushers in the NFL. But, you know, the depth there, it's actually pretty deep when you look at it. Chris Smith has proven, whether it was in Cincinnati or Cleveland, that he could come in as a situational pass rusher. Obviously, Jannard Avery made some noise last year as a rookie. Anthony Zettel was solid in Detroit. Never really got uh, into a comfortable role here in Cleveland last year until late in the season. And then obviously Chad Thomas, I think a lot of people have been down on him so far, but, you know, it'll be interesting with the new defensive coordinator, new positional coaches uh, to see what they can get out of Chad Thomas. Clearly the front office is still high on him and he's going to have every opportunity. Um, Chad Thomas will definitely be one of the guys to keep an eye on during the preseason. Yeah. If you look at wide receiver, I think we've got Beckham, Higgins, Callaway, Landry, which, we can almost put in a permanent marker pending injuries at the moment. But I reckon there's eight players all fighting for the last two spots. Who who you reckon the two uh, wide receivers that will make the roster be at the moment? Right now, Damian Ratley would be my fifth receiver. And then when you look at it, you got Derek Willies, you got Ishmaeli Hyman, DJ Montgomery, Blake Jackson. And then the one guy that I think is going to be the feel-good story of the preseason, and that's Damon Chihi Giuseppe. You know, if you haven't heard his story, you know, he was homeless up until about two weeks before his workout with the Browns. This guy was a dog as a kick returner in, the, uh, in junior college, and, you know, he impressed the Browns enough to give him a contract, bring him into preseason and training camp and all that, so – He's going to be one of the guys I'm definitely keeping an eye on. I called him one of my underdogs, and I used, you know, dog for dog pound, <laughs> but I'm going to use that reference. So um, he could be the sixth receiver. Um, Ishmaeli Hyman's getting – was uh, there was some buzz about him on Twitter. So I think that's a wide-open spot. But I would definitely pencil Ratley in for now, and then everything else is wide open. And I almost forgot about Jalen Strong. He was one of those uh, under-the-radar free agent signings as well during the offseason. He could be a Perryman. You never know. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jalen Strong, I remember a lot of people wanted the Browns to draft him back in 2015 out of Arizona State. He did not work out in Houston. Um, he made a couple plays in Jacksonville and then ultimately had a uh, injury that kept him sidelined last year. And 
yeah, he could be a Brashard Perriman type signing. I wouldn't bank on it, but you never know. Uh, I don't. I wasn't banking on Brashard Perriman to do anything, and he actually was a big contributor on offense last year for Cleveland. Yeah, Perriman, I guess, was rated or uh, drafted a lot higher. But um, yeah, let me just have a look when um, when he actually got uh, when he was drafted. Can you remember when he was drafted? I believe Strong was a third-round pick out of Houston in uh, 2015. I remember Perriman was a first-round pick, but uh, I know Browns fans were – I can remember because I was part of that debate. There was a lot of people talking about Jalen Strong at the time. He fell. I don't remember why he fell so late in the draft, but, yeah, he ended up being a third-round pick for yeah, the Texans. Pick, yeah. Okay, great. And uh... – what else are you looking forward to in the uh, seeing over the next uh, couple of weeks before the um, is it Redskins the first game preseason? Yeah, first preseason game is two weeks from Thursday against uh, Redskins. Um, you know what I'm gonna watch is how you know the players handle the buzz. Obviously, there's high expectations, but there's been so much buzz about this team over the last four or five months with all the free agent acquisitions. You know, obviously Odell Beckham coming and you know, can they handle the expectations? You know, a lot of people are thinking playoffs. There's some people thinking Super Bowl this year. You know, obviously, first-time head coach, you know, you're uh, inserting a new defensive scheme. You know, how will the players handle all this? Are, are, are they going to crumble or are they going to feed off of it? And I think these guys all have a big chip on their shoulder because they hear the noise from the national media saying that, you know, this is still Cleveland. They can't do it. Uh, they're inexperienced. They don't know how to win. Hitchens' head. You know, if they can feed off of that and you know take a giant chip on their shoulder in the regular season, then I think this team's going to be legit. But if they crumble with it, I mean, a lot of people are going to be mad around here. But I would just try to limit expectations. I know it's hard. It's tough to say that because the last twenty years have been so rough. But I just think like you still got to take baby steps as an organization. They won seven games last year. If they can get to nine, ten wins, that's a good step in the right direction. And then, you know, next year you want to talk about, you know, getting to the AFC Championship and then in two years to the Super Bowl. I mean, I know it's it's tough being patient as a Cleveland fan because I can attest to that. You can as well. But I think we still have to take baby steps as an organization. Yeah, mate, it's so exciting. It, it really does feel this summer, though, it's really dragged the offseason. Um, I know last year we signed Kendricks in the middle, which was quite exciting. But, yeah, it's been a really slow off-season, I, I found. Yeah, because, I mean, we had all the big moves happen within, like, a couple days. You know, we signed Beckham. We got Richardson. We made all our free agent signings like that. And then, you know, the draft process dragged along. And I'm okay with that. You know, it, it was allowed me to focus on other things instead of just, you know, waiting – all summer for the Browns like I focused on the Indians I you know watched NBA free agency and stuff like the Browns you know having a quiet offseason for the most part it, it was good because it was it allowed me to focus on other things instead of you know spending all my time focused on the Cleveland Browns yeah good point I think last summer everyone was talking about quarterbacks talking about um Josh Gordon and uh, yeah, that's all uh, all past us now. Uh, Thank God Jack we don't have to talk about Josh Gordon anymore. 
Maybe we talk about it. No. Uh, <laughs> is, he, is, is he actually going to come back for the Pats? Uh, it's tough to say. You know, I know he's still – he's working out. I don't know if anybody's seen the pictures of him, but he looks like, you know, one of those statues over in Rome of those Greek gods. Like, Gordon, he looks like he's in great shape. I hope he's in the right mindset mentally and everything. But, you know, he needs to work on himself. The Patriots said they're not – hoping for him but they'll welcome him back with open arms uh it's tough to say what the nfl is going to do with him because they've given him so many opportunities yeah um, um hopefully there is some light in the tunnel for him but he's messed up so many times you can't blame himself all right jack what's your plans for the season uh, what are you gonna be doing um uh on the media side uh, well, you know, I have my podcast, 1085 Gridiron, that I co-host with Anthony Jokey. Uh, you know, we're getting ramped up for the season. We've banged out a couple episodes this week. We'll have more uh, in the coming days. Anthony will be at camp on Thursday. Uh, I, unfortunately, don't have tickets to go, um, you know, with the craziness in this town for the Browns. Uh, training camp tickets went like crazy, but, you know, we'll be covering it there. I write for BigPlay.com, so um, – I'll try to get some stuff out for the Browns, but we have a great group of writers. Our Browns beat writer, Nick Padone, is going to have the majority of that. I'll try to get some pieces in as well, but uh, I'll be I'll be writing a lot, um, and we'll be talking about it, obviously, on the podcast as well. Awesome. Uh, you going to a lot of games this year? I will do my best. Uh, you know, tickets are crazy, um, but I will look at the secondary markets for to, for sure. Um, I'll try to get up to at least one game, you know, financially it'll be difficult because ticket prices have skyrocketed with, you know, the buzz. Um, but I'll definitely try to get up there. I know you're coming over uh, several times. I think you said eight games you're coming to at least three home games. So I'll definitely try to get up there. Cause I'd love to meet you, man. Uh, I put on Twitter today that you're one of the people I want to meet uh, <laughs> so, to say the least. So I will definitely try to get up to at least one game. Well, what I do Jack is if when I don't, when there's London games on, I don't always get tickets for the London games, but I do like to tailgate before. So uh, even if you can't come up uh, to go to a game, let's make sure we get some drinks before the game, maybe. Yeah, definitely. I don't drink, but I oh. definitely like to come up there and tailgate with guys. And uh, <laughs> Forget that idea then, Jack. I'm joking. No, you're, you're good. You're good. Um, but yeah, I definitely like to come up and tailgate, you know, hang out, meet some Browns fans and just uh, get fired up for the game and then, you know, head over to a bar or a restaurant and watch the game with a bunch of Browns fans. So yeah, I got good. no problem with that. Good, good, good. All right, Jack. Well, look, mate, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks a lot for coming on and uh, we will um, get you back on uh, during the season. Sounds good, man. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me on again. Thanks, Jack. Go Browns. Go Browns. Woo, woo, woo.